morning here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And just a reminder, we are now under a week away from the 25th anniversary celebration coming your way Friday, this Friday, March 24th, live at the House of Blues. Doors open at 11 a.m. Live show starts at 12, 12 to 6. And uh, again, if you're interested, I think there's a few tickets remaining. So go ahead and purchase tickets at LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago. You must be 21 years of age or older with a valid ID to attend the event. So it's going to be a blast. A uh, great celebration. 25 years in the making here at ESPN 1000. And uh, here's to 25 more great years coming your way and hopefully a long, long time with the Chicago Bears as well. So great way to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the station here at ESPN 1000. Uh, I'm Jeff Meller along with Brian Hanley this morning. We will talk with Tyler and Shay a lot about the brackets and uh, where you're at. It hasn't been busted, I assume. Most folks at this point, you know what? Maybe everybody's back in live because almost everybody's bracket has been busted. I guess unless you're holding an Alabama or Houston as your eventual champ, then maybe you've got a you've got a crack to uh, you know slip in there and maybe make some hay, Bry, because uh, yeah, I, it's uh, been a final, wacky tournament. My final four is still alive, and uh, Kansas, wow. uh, yeah, the Kansas dinged my uh, elite eight. Um, but again, we need wellness check on Danny Zetterman this morning. But uh, I have Marquette winning it all. Shocking! It's kind of like Pat Fitzgerald liking Skaronski. There you go. Um, so Marquette, you know, shocks the world. But hey, the path, uh, you know, the path to get to Houston got a lot easier with uh, the fraud Purdue's getting out and and some of the other upsets uh, on that side of the brackets. So. Yeah, it's been it's been an absolutely chaotic tournament so far. But uh, kudos to you for still having the Final Four alive. You're the first person I've heard actually say that. So uh, who uh, who do you have in your Final Four aside from Marquette? Oh. Uh, Alabama and Marquette and uh, Houston and UCLA. Okay. All right. All right. So you're alive and well, and uh, you just need uh, Marquette to go ahead and uh, finish the job, and you will be a very they, happy they man. Just, they have to get by Tom Mizzo today. That's first things first. And can I tell you about the ESPN Chicago app? Yeah. It, it's idiot-proof because I use it, so, you know, it's easy. And it was great to be able to listen to, to Cap and Jay Hood and, um, you know, for the I've never driven to Columbus before when I was covering colleges. You know, sometimes, I, I, you know, I was on their dime. So I flew. Mm-hmm. Not much of a drive. It was like, you know, it reminded me driving to Champagne for, you know, four years of my life. It's like 20 years of my life. But I, I mean, I was going through towns like I think it was a roundhead, um, like a one, you know, one intersection, one stoplight mm-hmm. town. It, 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 it's a long drive, even though yes. it, it doesn't seem that long. But hey. Right, get out of the car. Yeah, been there, done that. I actually drove to Columbus with some buddies. We went to a Blue Jackets game, a Blue Jackets Hawks game, years wow. ago. I, it was probably twenty years ago, to be honest with you. I can't even remember the exact. They've been uh, around for twenty years. Yeah, Jeez. probably right around there. It was fairly early in the, uh, you know, in their organization's history when we went to go attend the game. That was part of the appeal, right? Like, was to go. Check I think out it's when... been. I think it's been twenty years since I've been here. I mean, that's how long ago I come yeah. to colleges. This this town has really grown up. I mean, it's it, it used to be. I think one hotel downtown was the Hyatt. I remember Steve Snap was the sports information director at Ohio State, the Ohio State University, and uh, he invited as the SID, SIDs did back in the day, they would, you know, take the credit card out in wine and dine media people. <laughs> so he invited the late great Bob Marcus from the, the Chicago Tribune and he invited me too to go down and meet Keith Jackson at the bar of the Hyatt. What a great night. I mean, 
sitting at a bar listening to Keith Jackson for four hours. Whoa, you know, Nelly. I, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, Steve's paying for all the drinks and Keith Jackson's entertaining you. And that's, then, you know, that, 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 I mean, that, that's what I remember about Columbus, that's, Ohio. That, that's probably the best way to spend a night in Columbus, Ohio, oh, to be honest with Lord. you. It'll, 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 I've been here for two weeks. Uh, it, it seems like it. You've yet to outdo it. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I've done that drive. I've also done the, uh, the, the two-hour trek to uh, – two-and-a-half-hour trek to Champaign. Uh, multiple times as my uh, well, my wife did, was attending law school there for three years. So I did that three or four times a week. Uh, Lou Henson, you would, uh, you know, are you staying down? No, Brian, you, not, you want to come over and watch some basketball? You stand on my, no, Lou, I'm getting the hell out of here after the game. <laughs> yes. I'd get home at two in the morning. I, I couldn't spend another night in Champaign. No Where'd doubt Where did you go to it. school? I should know this. Where did you I go went to school? Loyola. So I went to Loyola for oh, undergrad bless. and uh, yeah. met my wife there. And then she went to Champaign um, uh, for law school. So, yes, I have done that trek. Plenty of times in my life, uh, t- like you said, uh, too many to uh, I, that I care to remember. So, uh, but yes, uh, and they were bounced as well to uh, very few people's surprise. I think most people saw that one coming a mile away. Oh boy, um, I did. Yeah, again, yeah. the Big Ten, they were they had eight or nine teams in, and none of them are any good. So yeah, yeah, I think two left. Right, they've got Michigan State uh, hanging around, and then not for um, long. Yeah, a few more hours. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, another down year for the Big Ten when it comes to the tournament. But we'll talk some more tourney with uh, Tyler and Shea. I think Brett Underwood deserves a raise. That $4 million he's making, uh, you know, he, they, you know, they're stealing money from him. they got to give him more money. And, and, you know, again, Chris Collins needs a new paper, too. No. Yep, that's how it goes in the, uh, the illustrious state of Illinois when it comes to college hoops. The smallest achievement is celebrated quite yeah, exactly. nicely. Mediocrity, we need more of that. A rousing so. success for Northwestern as they advanced to the second round and yeah, lost last night. They, they kept it close. So that what is, are you going to uh, do? It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, that's the game they're playing. Um, Aaron Rodgers, interesting stuff. Uh, not, not interesting, but is it surprising? Probably not to most. He, of course, finally came out of the darkness and revealed <laughs> to Pat McAfee earlier this week his intention for next season. So I've shifted my focus to entertaining, you know, what the plane would look like Hmm. and had the, you know, uh, the Packers granted obviously permission for the Jets to come out and visit. We had a nice visit. Um, They decided to leave their cars in the street, which attracted paparazzi attention, which uh, got, you know, a few of them photographed, which I thought was pretty funny, but um, made a couple uh, of mistakes early, but we had a, we had a nice, we had a nice conversation and, I told them, listen, I'm not ready to make a decision about anything. I want to get back into my workouts and see how it feels, uh, you know, to really hit it hard for for a week. I've obviously been working out before that, but to really hit it hard for a week and, and to see if that drive and the, and the passion is still there, and, and then I'll, you know, see where we're at. And, and so, again, this is why this is not a decision here. The decision, I think, was made in my mind whether or not I was able to admit at that point. Uh, really, on that Tuesday, I wanted to play. Um and then it was, uh, you know, how is my body uh, feeling? Is it going to be able to hold up? So at this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me and kind of digging their heels in. So I would just... Uh, I think it is interesting at this point to step back and look at the whole picture. Um, you know, my side, love and appreciation, gratitude for everything that Green Bay has done for me. 
love, so much love and gratitude and just heart open for the Packer fans yeah. and what it meant to be their quarterback. And also the reality of the situation, you know, like it is what it is. The Packers would like to move on. They've let me know that in so many words. They let, they let other people know that in direct words. Um, and because I still have that fire and I, I, and I want to play and I would like to play in New York, uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, getting that done at this point. Interesting to see the breakup on full display publicly, right? That's the one thing where um, – and also – I, it's 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 hilarious how he is just following the Brett Favre footsteps to a T here, right? Sure. Right. It's like it's unbelievable that it's playing out this way, and that he is now going to be traded to the Jets at some point once they hammer out the compensation. Because there's no way after this point they can go back. You just they they've reached the point where Rodgers doesn't want to be there anymore. The the Packers don't want to go through this song and dance, and they've also put themselves in a spot where, with Jordan Love's contract, they kind of need to figure out what they have. So there's no scenario where I can envision Rodgers going back next year, but it is hilarious to me that uh, he is following the Brett Favre playbook. What's uh, what's Pat McAfee going to do for content once Aaron Rodgers actually retires? Ah, uh, oh, it breathless. was. Oh, oh, yes, go, Aaron, tell us some more. I mean, uh, Rick Morrissey, I think, wrote in Sun Times in a column that, you know, he needed a towel. Uh, Pat McAfee needed a towel after slobbering all over, uh, or Aaron Rodgers needed a towel after being slobbered all over for however long he was out with Pat McAfee. It is just a buddy of mine, uh, Bill Farley, said currently Aaron Rodgers is still the QB of the Green Bay Packers. He's also the GM of the Jets and, of course, the owner of the Chicago Bears. Mm. So it just. Just get on with it. And, oh, I love the Green Bay Packers, but not really. But they're forcing me out. Okay, whatever. Move on. I, yeah, I, it's, I'm, I guess the Packers can kind of hold this up until probably around draft week. At that point, you would think they would like to get this finalized because they, and that's probably the longest. I wouldn't well, be surprised yeah, because, you know, I heard like Jay Will and, and Keyshawn, they're mm-hmm. talking on Friday morning about, well, June 1, the, the, the cap hit becomes much more manageable. But you know the Jets don't want to wait till that. You know for bookkeeping and rounding yeah, errors. And, yeah, and, and even if you're the Packers, I think I I understand that. But it's you're also don't you want the draft pick compensation this year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd hate to wait till after the draft. That would seem uh, you know unless you're getting a future you know conditional. Yeah. And, and they debated you know whether it's going to be a first round pick, a second round pick, what what that looks like. Because as you said, there's no going back at this point. So you know the deb- debate was who has the leverage. Do the you know do the Jets can kind of name their price or the Packers say he's still Aaron Rodgers and you know we expect legitimate whatever that is I mean can you get a first round pick probably not you probably get a second round pick and if they get you know if they win uh, they get to the playoffs or win their division maybe it moves up to a first round pick I, I don't know but it's not going to be multiple prime picks so it's going to be something everyone can kind of digest but. Good Lord. I mean, it's just it's just exhausting watching this, even though you want them out of the North Division as quickly as you can get them out. Right. Yeah. And that so that's the question, though, is now that it looks like he will not be the quarterback for the uh, Packers next season. Does this open up an opportunity for the Bears sooner than expected? Because it looks like I mean, everything I've heard from people and read that I people I respect their opinion that it's you know, it's basically everyone's given it 
the Lions division to lose here because nobody believes in the Vikings. They've made a lot of cost-cutting moves in you know, free agency here because they were up against the cap without making any real additions. So the Vikings, which were already proven to be a fraud with their negative point differential last season despite sure. their 13 wins, um, you know, they were the best team in the division. The Packers clearly... Nobody's really selling you that Jordan Love they they think is going to be the next great quarterback. Only Bears fans who are afraid of their shadow really are the ones who are concerned about <laughs> Jordan Love at this point. And then, sure, the Detroit Lions were a nice little story that have a lot of good players on the roster. But I mean, are you really going to buy that Jared Goff is the you know going to lead this team to great heights? I mean, I'm I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that the Lions are the clear team to beat think in the NFC North. That. Think about that. I mean, a year ago, two years ago, I, you're, I mean, it's, it was laughable. Now you're right. They're, 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 you know, they're the clear front runners, such as that is what that looks like. And if you're Ryan Poles, you really do want to accelerate your rebuild process because the, this division is there for the taking for years to come. That's the thing is, you know, if you're a football fan, you 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 know, like it does. You can oftentimes turn things around much quicker in the NFL than any other sport. You know, there's so often players are in and out of this league within, you know, the average uh, career span for an NFL player is a little over three years. And so the, you know, the churn and burn, it happens in the NFL. And so if you can hit on a few guys, you can get things turned around quickly, especially if Justin Fields takes the step that everybody's hoping for. The Bears could be a surprise team. And, you know, it's not through their own additions. It's basically the rest of the division coming back to them. And so I'll well, be curious. I, I, haven't, I haven't checked on it in a few years, but uh, even a few years ago, I think the from the outhouse to the penthouse, mm-hmm. like 25% of teams could go from last place to a playoff team within one year. That's how the end. And, and that's what Pete Rozelle wanted when mm-hmm. he started the whole parody thing decades ago, right? Yeah. So, it, yeah, to your point, it's not that astounding for teams to make drastic moves up. Um, a quarter of the league does it pretty much on an annual basis. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was even higher at this point because I, sure. you're right. Like I think time and time again we've seen it where you know the previous year's worst team in the division comes up and out of nowhere wins the division, and it only takes a couple of key injuries and a team just getting better, better at the right time to all of a sudden – be uh, the darling of the league for uh, for coming out of nowhere, like you said. So it'll be interesting to see if, even though he's trying to be disciplined in his approach with everything in free agency, uh, I'll be really curious to see what the Bears end up doing in the draft because there is an opportunity here that maybe did not exist clearly as uh, the offseason began. All of a sudden, the NFC North, uh, they can finally do what Ryan Poles asked. They can go ahead and take the North and never give it back. Maybe they do so a year earlier than they anticipated. Be curious to see how this plays out. 312-332-3776 if you want to check in with us. Meller and Hanley with you. Up next, how about the World Baseball Classic on center stage last night? Lots of good stuff for Team USA. We'll uh, share the highlight with you coming up next. The 0-2 to Turner. He throws this one. Deep left field. Trey Turner. Grand slam. Home run on an 0-2 pitch. The United States takes a 9-7 lead. courtesy of Fox there last night Trey Turner hits a grand slam in the eighth inning and Brian Trey Turner in the postgame called that the biggest hit 
he's ever produced in his career. Also said that was the loudest crowd he's ever witnessed. Don't tell me that the WBC doesn't mean anything because the players who are participating in it are having a blast. And it is really interesting. Lance Lynn, by the way, has been awesome in his opportunity to pitch for Team USA to this point as the United States beats Venezuela. They eliminate Venezuela. They advance. They will play Cuba today in an effort to try and get to the finals where they will, if they can, take on either Japan or Mexico. So um, it's been interesting for anybody who's been who's found themselves, even if you're just a casual fan, if you if you flipped it on, it's been hard not to get locked in because it has been really, really competitive when the teams have been on the field. Yeah, I heard Cap poo-pooing it and he hasn't watched a minute of it. And he's a baseball guy. He said, but it does nothing for him. But you just said it. See, if I'm Rob Manfred, though, it's a little bit of an issue when guys saying this is more important than the World Series. And they believe that and they're representing their country and you can't, you know, debate them on that or or, I guess you can judge them on. But see, when you when when you do this and try to multitask and I know that, you know, Lance Lynn's been great. Tim Anderson's getting validation because all his teammates are saying this guy's a superstar, you know, Mm -hmm. in case. He needed to hear that from someone outside of Chicago. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's hearing that, right? You're, you're right. Yeah. It's- but but when you get, when your own product gets demeaned or takes a backseat to the WBC, that's a little bit of a problem. It that's a that's a great point, and it's interesting because you, you you know it really does feel like if you watch these games, and I understand like it, it's hard to resonate. Like there is the tournament going on, especially this weekend, right? So sure. a lot of sports fans have found themselves watching. March Madness, not even knowing the WBC is going on, and that's fine. But I think if you're a baseball fan, if you stumble upon this, or if you've even carved out a few minutes, it's hard not to watch this. To get and, caught up in yes, it, right? I mean, it, it's it, so much better than spring training baseball. Sure, like, like the old spring training baseball is background noise. If you're a baseball fan, yep. You know, it it makes you feel maybe warm and fuzzy about the you know summer being you know around the corner. Um, but the reality is, it's hard to really watch spring training baseball closely for the entirety of a game. But the World Baseball Classic, I'm interested to see if the players playing in this game come out and start the season off and in, in, in just they're more ready because you cannot tell me like guys like Trey Turner and as you mentioned, Tim Anderson and Mike Trout aren't going to be, they are playing like this, like this game, like Mike Trout. These are clearly the most intense games he's ever played in. Like sure. the Angels never make it to the playoffs. Well, not only that, and again, that's part of baseball's problem. Mike Trout is never – people on the East Coast never see Mike Trout play baseball because mm-hmm. of the time change, right? I mean, the, the the time difference. So, And Mike Trout apparently never wants to play in New York. He's happy in Anaheim being a rumor, even though he's the best baseball player of a generation or whatever. But, but so, I mean, that, that and I didn't know Mark DeRose is a good manager, but apparently he is. Uh, yeah, um, he said, uh, I saw earlier that uh, he mentioned, so Mark DeRosa's father wa- uh, threw, he played for Fairleigh Dick- Dickinson, and uh, his father threw one of, I guess, uh, three no-hitters in the the university's history, and Mark said he took it as a sign when Fairleigh Dickinson pulled off the ups- upset on Friday that the uh, U.S. was in for uh, good things. Now, I don't know if he... Uh, expected that he would need a Trey Turner Grand Slam to uh, save them 
That's good management Venezuela. right there. Yeah, I, said, that, I know, right? You dial that up. Um, but if you're a Mets or an Astros fan, yes, you're not yes. feeling too good about this whole tournament. This is the unfortunate thing because, yes, Jose Altuve, um, they fear that he suffered a broken thumb. Now, Houston Astros still want their trainers to x-ray and look him over. But uh, Team Venezuela, their trainers said that he suffered a broken thumb last night. And, of course, Edwin Diaz I tore his patellar tendon in a celebration. Uh, and so he is feared to be... He's feared to be lost for the season, but I guess um, word has it that there's a chance if the Mets go deep into the playoffs that based on how how quick they were and actually having the surgery occur, they actually so it was it was what was it? it was Wednesday night when Diaz's injury occurred. It was and then by Thursday afternoon, just based on the fact that the New York Mets team doctor was in Miami. Um, and also they had a world-class facility, a, a surgical facility where it, where they could actually do the surgery. Um, they were able to get the imaging done like the early Thursday morning and they were able to turn around and do the surgery on Edwin Diaz less than 24 hours after the injury occurred. And that's critical because they, uh, they avoid some of the scar tissue forming around the knee, which could actually increase the odds of a, a more successful uh, recovery and maybe be back quicker. So just by sheer happenstance, I guess the Mets may be able to. Now again, it's 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 po- it's probably unlikely, but there's an outside chance that Diaz could pitch for the Mets. But you know it, that's unfortunate because you know Edwin Diaz, uh, Timmy Trumpet, like when he comes out, oh, that, yeah. that phenomenon was clearly something that had kind of took over baseball last year. Um, I haven't seen a closer with an entrance like that since Mariano Rivera. So. He's, Can we get Lonzo Ball to that same oh facility, boy. that same surgical facility, instead of the urgent care place he's going to? I mean, well, that's that's the perfect transition and something I'd like to talk about here shortly uh, that the Bulls are facing. But uh, just to kind of uh, put a bow on the WBC stuff, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing, right? And I don't know, it is so competitive, and these players are taking it so seriously that they do celebrate when they win, right? And Jose Altuve wants to win for Venezuela, and he's you know. He's uh, digging in the box and taking, you know, taking the ball off the hand. It's like 96 miles an hour can break a thumb. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. It, it's a great event, but I don't know if there, there's no practical time period where you could play it other than March. Right. You can't right. play it after the season's over. Pitcher, nope. No one would ever ask their pitchers who have gone through a full season to, to go ahead and continue pitching. But it, it, it's it's a, a rock and a hard place for teams because you have these multi-million dollar superstars who want to play for their countries. And it's, it's, it's rough because now the Astros and Mets are going to lose critical pieces for, you know, significant portions of the season. Yeah. And, and, you know, even with the players association and MLB agreeing, like Shohei can't pitch and, and, uh, and you said it, I mean, you know, guys arms would be coming out of their socket if you had them play another two weeks after a season after playoffs too right that the good two good players are being in the playoffs and there is no good time but you know the players want to do it and i guess it's here to stay yeah uh u.s plays cuba tonight as they try and find their way into the finals that game is at six o'clock on fs1 and mexico and japan We'll square off on monday to see if either of them can land in the final so we'll see how it goes 
Um, you mentioned Lonzo Ball there. We got more bad news, but we kind of knew it was coming. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN 1000. It's been really slow. I mean, I'm just being honest. This has been Any really... setbacks? No. Mm-mm. Lakers third worst. We told you Bulls third best. Lonzo oh. gets it to go. Okay, Lonzo. And Levine out the play. They just keep going on the right side of the floor. Ball all alone in the rotation of the ball. And it's gotten better, but is he clearly, you know, without any pain? No, he's not. He still has pain. Rotation for the Lakers. Ball off the bounce for two. Is putting the ball in the veterans' hands. Oh, no, ball oh, no. with the strip. Ball with the dunk. Top ten and steals. But I just don't have any timetable of when he could even be back. A lot of give and take, a lot of exchange of pleasantries between the fans and the players. Lonzo answers. Pump it outside into Rosen. He'll raise for three. Rimming off Caruso, the back tap to ball for three, and he'll knock it down. This game about the ovation he got in what you're talking about, a road arena. Lonzo connects. It's been really slow. I mean, I'm just being honest. This has been any really... setbacks? No. Mm-mm. I just don't have any timetable of when he could even be back. Jeff Meller, Brian Hanley with you till 11 o'clock when Tyler Rocky and Shay Norling take over. Plenty of March Madness coverage with them. They'll join us in about 10 minutes from now. We'll cross talk, but we got word earlier this week that Lonzo Ball will undergo a cartilage transplant in his left knee. It'll be a third surgery on that left knee, which he originally injured way back on January 14th of 2022. And uh, it has been a long, slow process, and it has not been encouraging. Also got word from Adrian Wojnarowski that there are concerns that Ball's ability to resume his career um, are in question. So uh, they're hoping that the, I believe the quote was that this will give him a pathway to play again. But clearly that uh, does not sound great when you hear it reported like that, Bri. And then if he is, you know, if this is successful and what, three surgeries within 14 months, who knows? And I mean, the whole idea, it's been written and talked about, that he has a player option in the final year of his contract and he could opt out. I mean, obviously it's a player option. Boy, wouldn't that be poor form to, to once you were able to come back, to opt out and go to another team after the Bulls sat here and, and waited, waited on you and paid you and finally got you healthy? I, I mean, and nothing surprises me anymore, but the whole question whether he's going to play basketball yet uh, uh, for one more minute is unbelievable at this point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if they got to that point, I, it's interesting because my my thoughts are just, will Lonzo Ball ever play basketball again? And if he does, can he be anything close to the player the sure. Bulls thought they were getting? Like, opting out really hadn't even occurred to me. But you're right that, yes, certainly if the Bulls stand by him and he misses, you know, multiple seasons of that contract and then just to opt out when you finally are if you get to that point where you're healthy and returning, that would be um, unfortunate. I will say the one thing you can never criticize Jerry Reinsdorf and the Chicago Bulls for, you can criticize them for their inability to get back to winning titles after Michael Jordan left. But in terms of taking care of injured players, that is one thing that this organization never skimps on. And, you know, just talk to Jay Williams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Three million bucks, you know, just said, you know, your contracts, no matter you know how this ends up, we're paying you. And, but the, the, the fact of the matter is they've won two playoff series since 2011. 
And 1998 is a long time in the rearview mirror mm-hmm. for the championship. Yeah, it's rough. And they are, listen, they, they won last night. They've won a couple in a row, um, beating the Timberwolves in double OT and then beating the Heat. So they're hanging around. They're in that 10 spot right now for the play-in. And this is, you know, this is tough because I, I get it. Listen, they're, they're professional players, you know. Patrick Beverly has given them a little bit of a spark. Um, yep. DeMar DeRozan has really come to play as of late. And Zach, Zach is showing up yeah. on a nightly basis. So all of a sudden, the players that you are counting on to be the leaders of the team are, are playing well night in and night out, and they're getting the Bulls back into, again, that playing spot. But it's, you know, again, it's so tough because it just seems like if they don't retain their lottery pick, and I'm saying lottery pick because, you know, I don't know if they, they obviously could make the playoffs. But if they do that, their first round pick goes to Orlando. And it really seems like the only way out of the wilderness here is if the Bulls get lucky, some lottery luck, and land themselves a top four pick and maybe a player to help change the fortune of the franchise. Well, and John Greenberg from The Athletic tweeted out earlier in the week, is anyone still mostly you know invested in the Chicago Bulls, you know, watching those games? And I tweeted back at him, is that a rhetorical question? How, how do you get excited over more number 10? Woohoo! I mean, you know, the, the, the stated goal was by AK was to be at least a second-round playoff team, and that's, you know, if that's, that's not even exactly reaching for the stars, right? Mm-hmm. But now, you know, oh, well, if we put on a full-court press, we can be a play-in team. How do you get excited over that? And the idea is to win champ. John Paxson used to say we judge ourselves around here by winning championships. And which is nice, and you want to believe that, but again, haven't done it in a, in a hell of a long time. And that's part of the reason why the Lonzo Ball news is so devastating, sure. though, too, because they were, before he got injured, before he was injured, they were playing at a really high level. And so the idea that, okay, you, you know, a little bit of continuity and maybe you can reach, get closer to those heights that you were at last January when, you know, things were going well and you actually atop the Eastern Conference standings. But we're now at a point where Lonzo Ball, you can't, can't be counted out in any way. And so I, you, can't, you can't sell the fans on continuity this com- upcoming offseason. You're going to have to somehow, some way, make some type of move. And Vooch is going to be a free agent. So I don't know if you really – it sounds like from all indications, you know, that they're going to be doing everything that they can to re-signing him because it's almost – they don't want to look at – Vooch is a sunk cost. They're looking at him as a, a key addition that they traded away assets for, and so they want to retain the asset. And you just wonder, is that going to plunge you deeper into dismay? And you know what? There, are they going to go into the darkness like Aaron Rodgers here, <laughs> but without any future of coming out anytime soon? Well, you know, Vooch, I, I think he's going to, I mean, the money, money being equal, and I think it will be, he's going to go, he wants, he'll want to go win something. And the, the season he's having, he's going to get paid. And unfortunately, then that will not play out very well for the Bulls front office. Um, but, you know, that, that team you, you, know, you alluded to last year, it was a Cinderella team. It was a fun team. It was a likable team. When everything was going great, they were one of the surprise stories in the NBA. And everyone was emotionally invested in watching. It was must-see TV, right? Mm-hmm. That, that so far, I mean, it's so far from where we are now. You know, 14 months later with the Lonzo Ball injury in particular, it's just a to- totally different team and totally different dynamic. Yeah, and I just, you know, you watch it and it's hard to get 
excited about a win last night against the Heat, right? Because yeah. you're saying to yourself, okay, eh. you're yeah, sitting. Get you. yeah. you're si- and it's like they're not even making a push for the, you're like you're sitting in the ten spot here, right? It's yeah. you know, and and the reality is that the the Pacers and Wizard Wizards passing you would be much more beneficial. You, you'd hope for the long-term health because, you know, if you're in a playing tournament and you get bounced, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. At this point, you, you know, I'm apoplectic about the team. I, I just don't know uh, where you go from here, you know, based, you know, I, I just, I don't know how you could trust Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan at this point to be the, the, the guys to turn this franchise around. And, and just the playing tournament is not good enough. No, and, and, you know, the rule of thumb is you need three, three stars, all-stars, to, to even begin talking about contending for a championship. And now the debate is, is certainly, you know, Zach's a max player. Is he really, you know, is, is he, he didn't, you know, he's not, he's not among the elite, right? He Maybe he's a top 25 player. He's certainly not a top 10 player in the league. So... How many players do you have? You you need three? Do you even have one? I'd say no, you don't. No, I, yeah, I agree with you there. 312-332-3776. He's Brian Hanley. I'm Jeff Meller. Up next, we cross-talk with Tyler Aki, Shay Norling, as we get you set for the men's basketball tournament. March Madness is here. We're breaking it down on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Jeff Beller, Brian Hanley wrapping things up here on ESPN 1000. I was bringing Tyler Aki and Shay Norling. As Brian mentioned, he's on assignment, getting set for Marquette, Michigan State, covering that one unbiasedly, of course. Oh, don't start. He's, he's right out of the box. He's, he's, got, his, he's got his Sparty hat on. He's taunting you, bro. Of course he does. You and yeah. I are at war today, Handling. I apologize. Oh, well, you know, I, I, it feels like I've been here for two weeks. I'm exhausted already. I mean, the game's still four hours away, for the love of God, four and a half. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, Columbus. Yo. Is it at the uh, Ohio State? Arena? No, n- no, nationwide. Oh, nationwide. Nation- okay. Yeah, gotcha. uh, I think the women's tournament is at Ohio State. I saw it on TV at a restaurant last night. Oh, okay. There were like 12 people there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but the Shay, everyone's picking Sparty, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. Every, everywhere I, I look I and read, everyone, you know, and then Tyler, he hasn't believed in Marquette all year, so why would he? We have a little wager going. And we do. He stepped up to the plate. I, I offered. I said, if Marquette's a Sweet 16, isn't a Sweet 16 team, I give him 100 bucks because he doesn't have him in the Sweet 16. And I said, if they do get past Sparty and we're a Sweet 16 team, um, I, you know, I didn't know it was Sparty USC, but after watching that game in person, USC belongs in the Big Ten because they're terrible too. Um, <laughs> Is that the new um, insult we're throwing around? Belongs in the oh, Big yeah. Ten. I really I like that. Yeah, it. Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo was talking about how great the defense for Michigan State was on Friday, and all I saw was USC players who were afraid to shoot. So, um, but but Tyler stepped up. I said if Marquette does get through today and, and is a Sweet Sixteen team, I, I asked him to donate fifty bucks to either the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Or one of my other favorite charities, Fortunate Pooches and Lab Rescue, and Tyler making big coin now stepped up and said, "I'll, I'll match your hundred bucks." And it, it, and if um, if Mar- Marquette falls today, which they won't, I will donate a hundred bucks to feed my starving children. So everybody wins. Dueling it's a charity very charitable wager. Yep. Yeah. 
That's yeah. pretty good. I, for a moment, I thought Tyler was the only one giving money to charity. So <laughs> then, based on whether or not Marquette won, <laughs> right? Then yeah. if Michigan and I know State you, wins. I'm actually taking food away from the <laughs> charities. That wouldn't have yeah. been good. Yeah, well, to, Shay, you still to, have you, you still have your first communion money, so I know. Don't don't uh, worry there we about go. that. Yeah. I need to yeah. find I need to find that book where you uh, only have to uh, you only take in if your team wins, and you don't have to pay out if you lose. That's how I want to start wagering. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> still yet to yeah. find that book, but nevertheless, maybe one day. Yeah. Um, what has stood out to you guys in the uh, first weekend here? I'm, I mean, I'm Chaos. surprised. Br- Brian, what's up? Chaos? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because Brian, I'll give him credit. He's still got his final four alive and well. That's so. pretty impressive. Yeah. The way so that. Because I'm, I'm Marquette winning everything. So, yeah. Okay. That's where it falls yeah. apart. Of course I do. That's yeah. where it falls every apart. 20 years, every 20 years, we have a legitimate team. Even though Tyler doesn't believe this team's legitimate. Uh, I covered that final four team in 2003. So every twenty years we we get a team that actually is in the conversation. Dwayne Wade, Wade has, Dwayne Wade has retired from his NBA career. How about think about that, right? Back uh, the last time, Lord. yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, right, the so, thing that stood out to me is: Are we at a point now where we have to pick a fifteen seed every year? Yeah, like it's happened well, the last three years now Brian, because the transfer yes, portal. Brian yes. brought up the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Like, uh, forget fifteen though, or or sixteen, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think the question is like. Is this? We'll see how it plays out, and if there's any actual uh, something to draw upon in future years. But if we start to get the point where all of a sudden it's it's upsets all over the place, and you don't know who to pick, it will take a little bit of the fun out of March Madness when it comes to picking brackets because it's already a crapshoot anyway. Though, like, but I, there's an element of of at least you like, can still salvage things. If if it gets to the point though where 15 and 16s can take down one and two seeds every year, I, I, I'm tell, it's going to take some of the fun out of picking your bracket. Don't you feel like bracket pools have already gotten a little bit smaller though? I feel like daily yes. wagering yes, is cutting absolutely. into your bracket yeah. pool. Yes, I, I think well, you're right I, on that. I, I was telling uh, Jeff that I, I was in a survivor pool until Purdue got me on Friday. <laughs> I had two entries. I had them winning one. One game. I, you, I didn't think I, I didn't think they would win two games in this tournament. I, I thought they were a fraud, but I thought certainly they wouldn't be the second number one seed in the history of the tournament to lose. But thank you, Matt Painter. Biggest um, upset in tournament history. At least you yeah. made it to day two of your survivor pool. Yeah, exactly Brian. right. Yeah, 23 and a half point favorite, I think, in that game. Yep. What yep. the hell? Well, that's a great point, too, uh, Brian, because if you look back like late 90s, early 2000s, number one, number 16, it was a lot of 35-point, 40-point favorites. Anymore, it's 20 to 22 and a half. It just shows you how far the floor has come up. Mm -hmm. Kansas yesterday was the uh, three-point favorite. They were the shortest number one seed in a in a, sec, a second round game in the history of the tournament. Wow! And they didn't survive it, by the way. Uh, Danny Sederman's not listening. I hope. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I you know, Tyler thought there'd be chaos, and there was, but it just wasn't in the region he thought so far. Well, no, I thought that East region would have some, and I guess there's only been one chaotic yeah. game in that East region so far. But yeah, it, it has been all across the board. I think another thing too is just that. The average athlete these days is so much better as Ooh. well. And with the, the AAU circuits and stuff like that, like the average athlete is so good where – and that's who's going to a lot of these 14, 15, 16 seeded teams is you're getting a lot of average athletes there and they go out there and it's just so much better. The, the gap's closed. They've played against some of these guys their entire lives too. The AAU circuit, right. right. There's yeah. just a familiarity there as well and – 
oh, by the way, now with a lot of these fifth and sixth year guys with the COVID year as well, like, yep. there's experience there. See, but now that goes away too, right? This is the yes. last year for that. So, well, now there's that, a conversation that they may just make college, like college basketball. There's there's going to be talk that they're going to make it so there's five years of eligibility, and that's the standard now. And and with the NIL money, some guys will be happy to spend the extra yeah. year on campus if they're making a couple million dollars. Yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of Princeton and the 15 seed, Blake Peters from Evanston, Illinois. I don't know if you guys remember this. When he was a freshman at Evanston, he hit like a full court buzzer beater to beat, I believe it was Maine South, and it was nominated for one of the SB's plays of the year. And now he's going out and putting together amazing performances in the NCAA tournament. How did Chris Collins not get him? <laughs> well, would have been nice. Yeah. Gonna, how, speaking of Princeton, what is in the water? They, like it's we New talk, Jer- the state of New Jersey. We talk about the athletes yeah. being a higher level. The, those are the whitest kids you know playing for Princeton. I am shocked how well they've been able to play in this tournament so far. Well, you look at the 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 shockers over the last couple of years. It's all out of New Jersey. It's yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know Dickinson and Princeton. I didn't know they were in Teaneck. I don't know where Teaneck is, but I just like saying Teaneck. I love to uh, Jeff Goodman's note from Fairleigh Dickinson. If there wasn't a rule where teams who transition into D one have to wait four years to be be eligible, they wouldn't have even been there because Merrimack would have been dancing instead of FDU. I mean, that's I mean, just ridiculous. And then they author just an uh, an an an, 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 uh, just a ridiculous upset. Just is that is that true? There's not one guy who's six foot two on that team. They're all like their tallest guy is six foot six, and they were the team that beat Zach Eady. They Think were the, about that. Yeah, the yeah. Purdue was the tallest team uh, per Kempom, and Fairleigh Dickinson was the shortest Division One team per Kempom. It was literally David versus Goliath. And David came through. Yeah. So what do you guys got coming up today? Lots of talk, I'd imagine, about them, the uh, tournament. Yeah, we're going to talk about, I mean, just the one seeds going down. We've got a pair already, and we're not even through Sunday yet. Um, and then also... The, just we're, we're going to get into a little bit more of the the 15 seed conversation as well. Like, is it time to to pick one every single year? And uh, I mean, we had some some great games. And yeah. who's the new favorite? Who should be the new favorite Listen, based on what we've seen so far? It's it's the, it's the basketball power Alabama that they've always been. <laughs> I mean, basketball it's, school. It's yeah. just a matter matter of time until Alabama. Well, look, UCLA is going to UCLA is going to get healthy too in the next couple of weeks. Don't you think? If, yeah, you know, they get to the final. Oh, no. They get to Houston. Are they going to have a full team at that point? Well, they won't have a full team. They'll still be without Jalen Clark, yeah. um, which really, I mean, I love this UCLA team all season long, but seeing Jalen Clark, who's probably the best defensive player in the country, go out with a, an Achilles injury that's going to set him out for the whole tournament, that was really disheartening to see. But um, They look like a machine anyway. Yeah, I mean, Jaime yeah. Arquez well, and we, Tiger Campbell, they just have so much experience. They have a great coach. Yeah, and we talked about it too. Like, that... Pac-12 championship, knowing that you were going to be without Jalen Clark as well, they played that game as well as anyone could have asked them to play yeah. against Arizona in that Pac-12 championship. So that was a best-case scenario loss, I feel like, for them. I don't know if it's just the obsessive-compulsive in me, but I don't like having three number ones play on the same day. No, I, need, I, I thought about that, too, like, and I thought the I same know, thing. Like, like, and, and granted, it wouldn't have mattered necessarily with Purdue, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, but like, I just like the, for whatever reason, I prefer my stuff split up equally, at least on that first weekend. Yes, I, I'm actually with you there on that, Jeff. I, I, and I, I think that they could have done a better job of just kind of, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but like mixing up the game so that there is an even level of competition on At least each based day. on the seedings, yes, right? Like, on and, seedings. And granted, yes. that may not play out because you never know where you're going to get your competitive games, but there's something to... The no, having two number one seeds play on each day, assuming they make it. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, thanks to Purdue, we yes. don't have a number one seed playing today. Mm-hmm. So I will say this, though. I do like having the chaos more on a Saturday than a Sunday. Yeah, no chaos today. Mm. <laughs> I know, no, you're just not a little bit. Is it really chaos, Brian? You're a three-point favorite. Two and I a half, know. depending on where you look. It's not really chaos. I know, Shay. We got it. a coin flip. Okay. <laughs> it all Bring looked. out a Hoya. That's all I can tell you. It, it, it all it all opened up for Bri. I told him it's there for the taking now. If they yeah. if they don't go on and win this thing, it's going to be a That's true it. disappointment. It, 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 if they get through today, I like our path to Houston. I do too. I, I think we got a shot. So I think I, it could be that could be true for both teams. To be honest, yeah. like if Michigan yeah. either yeah. Michigan State loses today, or it's a classic Izzo Final Four with one of his worst team runs, or Marquette wins today and they go to the Final Four. Like either way, this kind of to me, maybe this is a bit of an out there take. Feels like the game for the Final Four in that region. Yeah, I think it is, Shay, and, and you're welcome for Joey Hauser, okay? <laughs> All right, Bri, we're going to let you uh, go get an early start on Jeff, your, thanks your for game, my man. Make me. sure yeah. uh, we'll be reading uh, that report that you file later oh, today yeah. after the game, yeah. all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on, on assignment. Yeah, working on that. You're working on deadline, minutes, all right? Yeah, exactly right. I haven't written a game story in 20-something years, but I'll try and remember how to, how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Ten right. minutes after the horn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every game story now is uh, conducted in 140 characters on Twitter exactly anyway, right. so that's yeah. all we're looking for from you, yeah. Bri. All right, he's Brian sober. Hanley. Yeah. I'm Jeff Meller. <laughs> Shea Norling and Tyler Aki are coming up next with Basketball U on ESPN 1000. Thanks to Kendra Smith for producing. We'll talk to you again next week here on ESPN 1000.